Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DeWindy City Bulls podcast. Coach A, Brian Beto coming up. A lot of podcasts this week. Been a lot of fun. I want to start with the White Sox for just a second here before we get to the Bulls portion of our podcast, which is basically the entire podcast. But White Sox got their first win last night. Your mean Mercedes Went five for five, DHing. That was sweet. Your means 28 years old. He's had a very long battle to get to the big leagues, playing independent ball and every other part of the journey that you can possibly imagine to do it. And he's super likable. And I've always thought the dude could hit. So it was great to see him having success. I've also always really appreciated Michael Kopech. Introspective. Not all about baseball, sat out last year, which was painful at the time, but he had a lot going on off the field, and now back, two years it's been since he's been on the mound, and he had Tommy John, and it's his first game back out there, and Tony La Russa sends him out in the sixth, pitches incredibly well, three up, three down, wow, that was great, I thought he's done for the night, sends him out in the seventh. Three up, three down. Looks fantastic. Throwing 99, just blazing fastball. Slider looks nasty. Now he's definitely done right. Nope. Coming out there for the eighth to face Mike Trout, and he walks Trout, and then LaRusa pulls him. This is one of your best assets. He's just coming back. Why are you pushing him three innings if you're making him a reliever and I get that you're building him up to be a starter perhaps down the line, but ease him in. He's a max effort guy who hasn't pitched in two years. One inning, his first time out, is great. He should not be extended right now. You have to take care of your best assets. It's April. It's game two. And I know what I'll hear, by the way, in July when his shoulder is sore or he's got an elbow pain. Ah, it was going to happen. It didn't matter how they used him. No, it matters. 
take care of your best assets. It was not impressive. And a lot of people yelling at me on Twitter, that, what do you mean? He didn't throw a lot of pitches. He was dialed in to the moon last night. I don't care that he only had 25 pitches through two innings. It was enough. But Larissa kept riding him. I, I did not like it. I also didn't like that Tony didn't understand to use instant replay in game one when Nick Madrigal stole second base, was clearly safe, and the White Sox blew that. That was not great. So I was all in on Larusa. I'm thinking to myself, this guy, there's no way that he's forgotten how to manage baseball. He's one of the greatest managers of all time. But two games in, haven't really loved what I'm seeing out of Tony. All right. That's my White Sox hot take to start the show today. We move along to our DeWindy City Bulls podcast. The losing streak, as we're recording, is at 6. They're coming home to play the Brooklyn Nets. They haven't figured out the Vooch thing yet. The point guard situation looks awful. So let's dial it up. Coach A, Brian Beto, let's go. Showtime. Go get it, Tice. Oh, Tice! Tice, Tice, baby! What a foul on the feed! Oh, my goodness! Welcome to Chicago, Mr. Tice! Is this the Bulls Panic Podcast? It, which, one, which, which one is this? Well, why don't we start right there? Is it time to panic? I'm going to clip that right in. Great start by you, Coach A. Uh, that's six losses in a row. Now, they are playing some decent teams, Utah best in the league. Uh, but I do want to just bring attention to a lineup of Thaddeus Young, Denzel Valentine, Daniel Tice, Laurie Markinen. Kobe White looks like seventh grade Beto playing the point. We got some uh, issues right now, and I clearly it's interesting what Billy Donovan is doing as he had Vooch and Zach Levine sitting pretty much the entire fourth quarter last night. Didn't play him until 325 left, clearly searching for something. Uh, is it? Uh, is it? I mean, you answer your own question. Is this straight panic time? No. This is not panic time. I think that's what fans are going to do, but this is not the time to panic. I don't think this move was made. Certainly the move was made for instant improvement, but they did look at this as a process of that improvement over the course of the next two years where Vucevic is signed for, for two years. And I think the Bulls will continue to remake this team, and they hope that um, they're going to be very competitive You know, coming soon. I certainly – Part of the losing streak is they played much better the last two games, but they played two of probably the five best teams in the NBA right now. Uh, you know, obviously the Lakers are are in that, but they're not one of the five best teams right now because LeBron is out. So they they played two really good teams the last uh, couple nights. Certainly, the Golden State game was probably the big disappointment for the Bulls brass all around, but. Um, this is not the time for them to panic. It is what the fans are going to do, and uh, Joe Colley is always going to do that. Joe Colley is going to always you know, make sure that we, we know how bad the Bulls are. But uh, I think that they're going to be a, a good team rather shortly. For the record, I do appreciate that out of Joe Colley, minus his constant attacks at Derrick Rose, which I always felt personal, and I never understood what his issue was, but he clearly had one in – him and Jimmy were best of buddies. Beto, you panicking there, pal? No, I'm with I'm with Coach A. You probably figured I was going to come with that that response as well. Honestly, I, I everything kind of Coach talked about. I think kind of 
stands out. I mean, the teams they played. I mean, even last podcast, you, you talked about, oh, hopefully they can just win one of those games, you know? So, and that was even before before the trade. And the trade, yes, makes them better. But it, like any time you add new people to the mix in any sport, uh, particularly basketball, because there's so many dependent events. It's not like you had a baseball player and the guy can just, you know, pick up where he left off. Like you have to mesh. It takes some time to do that. And clearly that was not working the first couple of games, but they played much better the last couple nights. It's an imperfect roster. Nobody thought after making the trade that, okay, this is the team that's going to turn it around in a couple of years. Like this was just part one uh, of them adding to this group. It was a great few moves, um, but it's going to, it's still going to take some time they're, They still clearly have some deficiencies on their roster and they're trying to shape out the different rotations. The end of last night's, Game the rotation was was a little interesting, but they they played pretty well for the most part last night. But some of their weaknesses really just kind of reared their heads. So this is what I'm seeing, and I'll just let me get to the panic because nobody's going to panic here except for me. So <laughs> I, I, I I will panic, not panic. Let's start with the panic. I mean, yeah, let's I, start with the panic. I'm not going to panic, panic, and we should break down the trade a little bit because I forgot that we hadn't done that yet, and we I, I know that uh, I, I think both of y'all. Enjoy the trade, like the trade. Good job, Arturis. Good. You and I did, but we. I, we, I want Coach A's because he was okay. out, you know, in Jamaica enjoying life, and we were we were panicking or half panicking. Oh, right. Oh, right, 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 right. That was our last podcast, and it got great views, and we appreciate everybody for uh, clicking on. <laughs> so uh, we get the Coach A perspective in a second here. But look, you have like what happened with Wendell. First, he's in the starting lineup. Then he's not in the starting lineup. Then he's not playing as much. And you could just see Billy Donovan losing confidence in him. And, you, and he wasn't a fit. I'm kind of getting the same feel with Kobe White right now. Dude's out there trying to prove himself. And he's just missing wide open teammates. He's He has no – his feel for playing with Vooch right now is just bad. Dude's wide open a ton at the three-point line. Kobe White has no idea he's even on the floor. He thinks he, he's got, like, Dalibor Bagarich up there. I'm like, dude, they just traded for the best player. I mean, he's the best player on the team. He's wide open at the three-point line. This is what he does. What are you doing? And the other side of it is uh, Zach Levine playing with him. Like, okay, now, now you have your running mate, and he just – I know it's early – and he's whatever he's missed a game too, but he's not healthy. I think that's the other thing. It, it or not fully healthy. It, it hasn't been instant. The two of them playing together as far as like meshing at at all. So there's two minor panics for you. And I'm also like Daniel Tice helps a ton. He's been I mean Stacey King's going absolutely crazy with this Tice Tice baby, and he has been protecting the the rim beautifully. <laughs> I mean, and that, which I think is all great. But outside of Tice, like which is great that they got him, but th- this team is going to have some serious issues guarding. So there's my panic. Well, I, I think that as a, as a Bulls fan, you do have to look at it with a critical eye. I, that, see, that's the difference. I think that you look at it as panicking. I look at what you're talking about as the critical eye of what you're watching. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having a critical eye towards some of it. I think, one, the balance still between what they're trying to do in development and trying to win games sometimes, you know, mashes heads. And, you know, like, how does Billy Donovan play Lowry Markkinen right now? The, the biggest challenge he has is he's got – he said last night, listening to his press conference, was the Bulls' strength is their front court. 
Okay. The, the full strength of their front court. Basically, have five players right now. When you add that Patrick Williams, as Beto has talked about, is maybe a little better at the four right now than he is the three. His his five, you know, five of his six best players happen to be playing within two positions, and that's a challenge right now for him. So I think from a standpoint of roster construction right now and what they're doing, yeah, it's it's okay to panic and say, oh, we thought this move was going to be, you know so good and the move is just okay right now until they kind of get that part that piece of it figured out let me just say if they fall out of the play-in game or the play-in playoff whatever the hell they're calling it i'm gonna be super pissed (laughs) like do not fall slower than 10th that would just suck and by the way right now they're in the 10 spot, and the Knicks are in the 7 spot. So to actually be in the playoffs, you have to beat the Knicks twice. That's how it works, by the way. If you're 7 or 8, you can, you have to win one of two games. If you're 9 of 10, you have to win two, and then you're quote-unquote in the playoffs and get the right to get your ass kicked by the 1 or 2 seed. But if they fall out of the 10 spot and, and Toronto's creeping on them, that would, that would be so – that would be gross. I, I would be yeah. – I, I, that would be really, really unfortunate. Uh, but well, you know, Tibbs is going to play every game the rest of the year, like it is Game Seven of the Finals. So it could be could be difficult to to even catch the Knicks, um, unless I guess you know they're trying to play in to play them. But we'll see. I mean, the Raptors had a one a nail biter last night. I saw, by the way. I mean, how fun would it be to play Tibbs in the play in game? I would like I'd sign me up. I'm in because there's yeah that 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 would be that would be enjoyable. All right. Uh, Beto, <laughs> let, let me, let me, okay. Larry marketing last night, 23 minutes, two for five. He was minus 12. He had five points. Now I have seen, and coach, a, please weigh in on this too. He's looked to me better. He's gone to the bucket a handful of times that I have just not used to seeing. Uh, he had whatever he had 16 against uh, Phoenix, now, he didn't shoot well, and he was 2 of 8 from 3. So he's still up and down. He's 2 of, he's two of 8, then he's 3 of 4 against the Warriors in a game that the Bulls were down by 7,000 points. Um, then he's 1 of 6 from 3 against the Spurs. He's 1 of 5 against Cleveland. I, I still think the guy sucks, but that's a little over the top. But, I just, but he, he has looked a little bit better, and... Go into the hole. I like to see it. Has anybody had any moment of like, oh, marketing and and getting excited, or is that just me? I don't want to speak for David, but that's just you. If we're talking about us too, so I, I just I I mean, it's fine. Like he's getting some minutes, and he's you know taking the benching for lack of a better term in stride. I guess coming off the bench, um, and he's had some okay moments. I just. I have a heart, like, I'm almost at the point where I just assume he's not coming back. It'd be a surprise where I'm just like, all right, like, just let's just get on with this from here. So I I don't know. I haven't paid as much attention, I guess, when that second unit's on the, on the court um, with him. So I don't know. I don't know if anyone else has a different opinion, but I haven't seen much of it. This is amazing. Beetle straight, like doesn't watch the bulls when Markinen's on the floor. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't pay attention to him. I'm focusing on other things, whether it's like one of the new guys or it's like Williams or like the two-man game with Vooch and when he touches it, if Markkinen happens to be at the same time or I'm trying to get caught up in Tice, Tice, baby and go nuts. Like, I, 
I, I haven't I haven't zoned in as much on Mark. Marketing totally is Marketing is Beto's ex that he just kicked to the curb and has now moved on to the well, next. Well, a lot thing. of times too, that means Denzel's on the court too, and that's just instant throw on whatever's on like TBS as well for me. You know that you didn't so. you didn't enjoy enjoy Denzel's nineteen against the Suns. He was all over the court. <laughs> I did see that. He's going to have games like that. It was on 18 shots, however, so let's not act like he did it on five shots. Coach A, am I, I, am I wrong to have I, a Denzel Valentine enjoyment? He was 8 of 18. He likes Denzel. First off, first off I, I loved the Denzel Suns game. I thought the Denzel's – I thought if I was to say the Suns game, though, was Denzel Valentine and Lowry Markkinen's career in a nutshell with the Chicago Bulls. Um. Larry Markin scores 10 points in the first quarter. Looks great. Like you said, Carmen, you're like, oh, man, going to the basket, making some plays, playing aggressively. And you say, okay. But then he scored 16. He scored six points the rest of the, the, rest of the way. And that's Larry Markin. And there are flashes where you see the level of talent. That's the reason why Beto is is – I think the 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 ex girlfriend is good. It's the ex girlfriend you're most disappointed in. You know, it's like the mm-hmm. girlfriend, like you first met her, and you're like, oh god, she's hot, and uh, boy, she's fun, cool. And then as it goes, you realize like she's gonna make you wait an hour in the car for her, and you know, forget to call you, <laughs> you know, when you're when you're ready to go, and. And you're like, I just can't, I, I can't stand her now. Let that's, me, that's I, where Beto is. I got to, I got to jump in and just tell a quick story about one of my Bumble dates that you just described. I was so, <laughs> I was, I was so. This ex- is the second straight podcast where we talked about something like this because even in our Cubs one the other day we I, talked about this. Well, I, I got, well, he's, I, he's, he's the one not married guy, so you know it's great. No, right? no, 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 no. I'm, I'm married. I'm dialed in. We're, 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 we're let's not, let's not, let's not throw alarms out. We're, this we're, is old, old charm. <laughs> Old, old, old no, not that, okay. not not there that old. This is pre. This was after the last breakup before I met my wife, and we 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 like she is completely my look, and we're like like we go we go on a walk one day, and I'm like looking at her, and I'm like wow, you've like her. She had these. I just noticed that she had long arms, and I'm like, can I can I see that wingspan? And I was like, wow, that's amazing. She's like she's like why? What are you talking about? I'm like I'm like ah, oh, I just you know I'm thinking, I'm thinking about you know potential athletes down the line, and that's an amazing <laughs> wingspan. Like I I was like. Two dates in, and, and it was literally scouting her. Like this is this is great. You got to take her to the United Center and go like the Scotty Pippen wingspan. You know how you can right. like, measure the wingspan. You can take her there. So you see how well she does. I mean, it's 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 weird to admit, but actually, one hundred percent accurate that I was turned on by the wingspan. And then and then we go on. You know, we go to like sushi dinner, and and like I, you know, I don't. I'm not a sushi guy. I'm like pick whatever you want. And she's like, she, and and she's telling me that she uh, like one throwaway comment that she said like something like I don't like spicy food, and so then she's I'm like pick whatever you want. She's like no 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 you pick. So I'm like oh well, why don't we get why don't we get number four? And she just looks at me with this look of complete that I don't like spicy. And it was at that moment that her wingspan no longer mattered. <laughs> That's great. So did you just yell at me? Was, 
I almost went with the so dad joke of was her name Lori Markinen yeah, instead right, of Lori right, Markinen, right. but she, that's the type of thing. Was she Finnish? Was she Finnish? Yeah, I, I mean, um, I, <laughs> she, she was Lori Finnish Markinen. I don't like spicy. I don't like you. That would be the end of this one. And you know, good luck to whoever you can dial up with that amazing wingspan that you have. Um, all right, ba- back to the podcast, by the way, and, and, and the Chicago Bulls. Sam Smith, by the way, has a phenomenal article on Bulls.com. Did, you, did that not – the market – you just – we just underlined what marketing is, and you made the me – spicy girl. Yeah, and you marketing made – Marketing is a spicy girl. You made me pull up Denzel Valentine's game log, and which I haven't looked at in nine years – and it's just, I just feel like he's one of those guys. Like he's going to have good moments. And you're like, God, just do that. But then it almost gives him that irrational confidence, where the dude thinks he's like, you know, Vinny Johnson or something like that. Like he's the microwave. He's just going to go off for but thirty every time. But but that but that's yeah. what he is. I mean, that that's what Denzel is. Denzel is a backup who on certain nights can be a ten to twelve point heater. If you play him as a starter, he can have that ten or you know as with Zach Levine out, he had to be kind of like their offensive guy. Yeah, he has that one 10 to 12 point heater that you're like, wow, this is great. But then you're going to have three quarters of, you know, just like you said, irrational confidence and terrible, terrible plays and a guy who looks like he's playing in slow motion. February 3rd. I need some coaching from his brother, who apparently is going to be the new coach at, at Loyola. Is that, is that true? Is that going to happen, huh? It, it sounds like it's not official, but it sounds like they, all the reports are saying that it'd be a big surprise if he wasn't. Who, and they look like twins, by the way. It's 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 kind of creepy. Who is it for those of us who don't know? Me? Drew Valentine. What's the background? He's, going to be, he's the assistant. He's been the assistant at Loyola for a few years now under Porter Moser, and they're saying that he's going to take over. Okay. I'm looking. And look, it's like creepy. Like, if you didn't know. And you just saw the guy on the bench, you'd be, man, that guy's probably Denzel Valentine's brother. That's exactly what you would say. And he is. Just because you brought it up, Coach A, you're always dialed in on, the, on, on everything that's going on in the coaching world. Did Porter make the right move? Uh, I, I'm a little surprised. I'm not surprised because I had heard that he wanted to go now, that he felt like he'd done everything he could at Loyola. So I, I wasn't surprised that he was looking – the only thing about Oklahoma, and, and just when you looked at Shaka Smart, how Shaka Smart, I said when Shaka lost that game to Abilene Christian, like, he's got to go. He's, he's got to leave Texas. Like, like that, you just can't lose that game regardless of – you just can't lose that game and he left. And I think Shaka made a comment about how Marquette is a basketball school and Texas is a football school. So that's the only thing that I think Porter – you know, Porter's – been consistently at basketball schools in his in his lifetime and not to say like obviously the resources at the football schools is still great but you know when you're at Oklahoma you're always going to be you're always going to be the second fiddle sport there and I'm just a little surprised that he didn't wait for potentially a you know first fiddle sports school for him uh for basketball because he certainly is the hot one of the hot guys and it's hard for me to believe that DePaul, like my question is, would he have taken DePaul, you know, would he have taken DePaul if DePaul gave him a ton of money instead of hiring a guy from Oregon? That falls under the ton of pressure. Can you do at DePaul what you did at Loyola? 
And then people are saying, yeah. well, he, he picked Oklahoma because there's it's a better job with a ton of dough, but there's maybe equal pressure to Loyola. I mean, it's more, but it's not, as you just outlined, Coach A, the, the quote-unquote basketball school. I mean, if the Paul, if the Paul Porter Moser gets five to seven years, guaranteed, because it's been such a bottom feeder program, they're not they're going to give Porter similar oil. People forget, like, it took Porter seven years to play in the NCAA tournament. So DePaul is giving Porter a similar deal. He goes to Oklahoma. He has two bad years at Oklahoma. He's on the hot seat to get fired within two years. Like, these big, high, high major schools like that, they're not giving you very long. And it's not like Oklahoma hasn't been really good under Lon Kruger. So you can't just be – you know, 19 and 12 and lose in the first round and people be happy. He has to go to the sweet. If he doesn't go to the sweet 16 in the first two years, they at least in Oklahoma have to love how he coaches and love the future of what he's building. And if not, he's going to face a lot of pressure in that third year. And so that's why, you know, I'm a little surprised, but you know, certainly when you get paid, I'm sure close to four, $4 $4 million a year and you're at a school that you can potentially win the national championship, uh, you know, that carries a lot of weight. And Kruger, yeah, did, and I, I'd just be in the Valley guy. I've obviously followed him for quite some, I was in college when he was at Illinois state and struggled to get that going, that program going. So not that I was surprised if he did so well at Loyola, but it did kind of come out of nowhere. I, I'm just curious too, like, I mean, let's say that is the case where he doesn't see a ton of success in Oklahoma. He's probably not thinking about it. He's probably not like, oh, I can take this job, and then, you know, in three years it doesn't work out, just land another mid-major gig. But that likely could happen, you know. So he's proven he can do well at that level. So if it doesn't work out, he could land a spot that's closer to, to Loyola. And then secondly, it's, you know, the timing and – not a ton of jobs out there. And like, if I'm looking at his, I think he was probably trying to strike while the iron is hot. Right. So you have, you're, you're, they haven't officially announced that they're not coming back or taking their fifth year, but it doesn't look like Crutwig or Williamson, their two best players are, are coming back. So maybe he's thought like, even though they had some recruits in that transfer from Indiana coming in, that they could have a good roster. Thought maybe it was just, I'm at my peak. Like, it's like a, guy coming out of the draft that has a good tournament like you know my stock's never gonna be higher let's just let's just make the move no i I definitely think you're gonna make a move and that's why i say like god if you're to paul how do you not have the open checkbook for porter moser i I, i'd ask though like i'm genuinely curious just i know DePaul's in the big east and it's got stature from a long time ago. But is it that much better of a job? I mean, it's obviously difficult to recruit to. Your your arena's better, but it's still not like an on-campus arena or anything of that nature. Like, it's that's it's tough. I, I'm just curious. Like, that's to me, that it seems almost riskier than going to Oklahoma. Well, and it's in total. Chicago guy, I'd love to hear what Carm thinks about that. Well, I just it, 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 the DePaul job is. I'm 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 basically with Peter. I think it's a better job. It ain't like some plum. Right. It ain't some plum gig, and and I don't think that Northwestern per se, if we're talking Chicago here, is a quote unquote plum gig because it's a very tough league. But and and Chris is still there, and they haven't moved on, and all that type of stuff. But as he's strategizing where he's going to go, like Notre Dame might open up in in next year, right? And 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 here's and what what's going on in Northwestern? Chris is losing guys. Miller Cop just left to go play for 
What do you go to Houston? What does it matter? You let you just lost your everyone team. left. I mean, like, and every every team. I can't keep track of all the transfers. Right. So. I, I mean, right. And you got to re-recruit your players every year. Now that's what's going on. But I, you know, you have an incredible facility at Northwestern. You get to live in Evanston. I, at some point, he might have been very attracted for that gig. Although who knows what? Yeah. What? But so I, I, the whole Oklahoma thing. It's it's a it's a better gig. I. He, let me rewind, actually. And congrats to Porter. Phenomenal. And, Coach, I like that you underlined. It It took him a long time to get into the tournament, which, I mean, it's not like Loyola had been going before. He also won a championship in the CBI, if you want to count that. And he went to the NIT, and they were way more – they were on the way for a while. But it did take him yeah. – they, they joined the Valley, and the when Wichita left, that's who they replaced. And they were not a good Horizon League team. And when they joined the Valley, I think the assumption was, oh, man, they're probably just going to be like a, a perennial bottom feeder for a couple of years. And he turned it around like snap of his fingers. Within a couple of years, they were, you know, the last four years, I'm going to self-shameless plug here, it's been Bradley or Loyola that's won the, the, the title. And they're always in the mix every single year. And that's it's pretty incredible that he was able to do that in a new league just a few years into it. Here, here's my worst take of the night on Porter or anything, and I've, I might have had one that was pretty bad already. I'm not, I can't remember. I do not like the way he coaches. Just the the whole walk 10 miles. Uh, <laughs> the it, jacket coming off? It's just it's, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> You're not playing. Right, so then, you, then you have to hate Rick Pitino more than any coaches. Rick Pitino, like, my, the, yes, my, the master of that. My, my number yeah. one hatred for that by far uh, is, and I, I'm terrible that I'm like forgetting his name right. But who was the, who was the bozo at Indiana who used to be at Marquette? Cream. Yeah, yeah, Tom Crean. Sit yeah. your ass down, and that stupid look on his face. I can't take it, Coach A. <laughs> I can't. I thought you, you were going so with the Mike prefer, Davis so when he ran so under the so court you, hitting his face. I thought that's so, you prefer, so, so, so that so that's another that's another conversation, all right? Which which style do we like? Do we like the, um, like you said, the Tom Cream, Porter Moser, Rick Pitino run up and down the sideline to a couple miles? Do you like the Tom Thibodeau scowl with his arms yeah. folded for an entire game, standing two feet away from the players, making them feel like you know God is watching over them? Or do you like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich? Yeah, going to sit down. Yeah. Kind of watch it, Phil Jackson watching it, and then every once in a while, show like right. crazy amounts of spunk. Right, right. Bringing it back to the Bulls podcast, my favorite thing was watching Phil Jackson sit there with his legs crossed, and then all of a sudden he, 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 <laughs> he whistle. He, yeah, he he he, he he gets up with the, uh, and does that. Oh my God! You need a hip replacement. Walk and has the scowl and wants to kill someone. Is is probably yelling at Horace or Cartwright or Luke. I was watching some game the other day on on YouTube, and and uh, it had no commentators. It was just you could just hear the bench, and he was screaming at Longley the whole game. Luke, <laughs> I'm like I'm like wow, he hated Longley. This guy was completely incompetent, and Phil just had rode him all game, like. Because you know, long. Do you remember that whistle I, I he did oh, yeah. that oh, I, I was talking about? Like oh, he didn't sure. have to use his fingers to do the whistle that you usually need your fingers. It was incredible. Yep. Which also reminds That's elite me. elite level whistling. Uh, I got to tell so one. Can I move us? Yes. Please. Can I move us to what? To can I move us to? We got five minutes. You know, I want to move us to at least to say, okay, as a coach, 
what do I think is the problem for the Bulls since they got Fusevich? Since we talked about, hey, oh please, we're panicking, not panicking, but from what my and I haven't seen all the games because obviously I was in Jamaica watching college basketball, so I haven't been able to see everything. But from what I'm looking at right now, the there the change over for this team to playing through Vucevic so much is what is going to take a little bit of time for this team to figure out exactly what they are. So it makes sense, obviously, one, Zach Levine has been a little bit hurt, and it makes uh, with him not being totally 100%, and that you're trying to get Vucevic, figure out what you have with Vucevic, getting the team to work with Vucevic, that you're you're trying to figure that out. But a lot of where I think the Bulls' chemistry problems exist is in how they're trying to implement Vucevic in the offense. One, I'm sure you guys have noticed this. There's a lot of times where Vucevic is posting up 20 feet from the basket, like not getting the ball. Like they want to get it to him inside, but he's not getting the ball really close inside. And I haven't seen that be real effective. When the Bulls end up having to throw the ball to Vucevic 20 feet from the basket, he hasn't been that effective in that position. Uh, Two, Zach Levine for sure got very comfortable with how Thad Young plays in the pick and roll, which is Zach Levine comes off, they kind of double him, and he hits Thad Thad Young in that pocket area. And Vucevic kind of doesn't do that as much. Vucevic does a lot more. He either rolls all the way to the basket or he pops out to the three-point line. So there's just a lot of chemistry issues that I see in dealing with that they become kind of a slower team as well at times because of trying to pound it to where Vucevic is. They, they run their offense a lot slower. There's not as much um, smoothness to this kind of motion around what they used to use with Thaddeus Young is throw it to Thaddeus Young and, and run a lot of motion around it. So they're a little slower trying to, trying to pound it in. When they play some of these weaker teams, for sure they're going to be able to take advantage of Vucevic a little bit more. And I think as it goes along, I think you'll see them stop pounding it to Vucevic as much and, and run a few more things for Levine specifically to, you know, allow. And that's, and that's the problem that you're talking with Kobe white is they just, they gotta, they gotta develop him. He's got to develop. He and Patrick Williams, no matter what we talk about at the end of the day, Patrick Williams and Kobe White have to make huge improvements over the course of the next year uh, for this team to become a a legitimate playoff. Team. Coach, hey, do you like the the trader? Do you want? Do you enjoy the the concept that Vooch is going to be the guy? Yeah, I, I well, I think Zach Levine is still the guy. I think that's the. I think that's the. Okay. Levine is. I think Levine is still the guy um, for this group, and I think Vucevic is really good. The two of them are both kind of similar, and they're both number two level, you know, guys. Like they're not, you're not, you're not getting one of the top ten to twelve players in the NBA. You're getting two guys that are between, you know, eighteen to thirty-five, and that's great because that's still two really good players. So you still have to build good players and a chemistry around them. That's why the Bulls are not done. They're going to be looking heavily for a point guard that can organize this team a lot better in the offense um, and give them another, another good player. So I do, I like the deal. Like I said, I think this is a natural order of trying to figure out 
how you're going to play. And when you listen to Billy Donovan, that's why I always say, you know, you really want to listen to where, what, where the coach is. Listen to his press conferences. They generally give you a lot. That's why I couldn't stand Boylan. You know, I, I, get, I, I glean a lot from the team listening to Billy Donovan. When he says our front court is our strength, his problem is, is between Tice, Markinen, Williams, Young, and Vucevic. He's got five players for two spots. And that's a challenge for him right now. And they really don't have a lot of confidence in anybody else. I think the player that they're really missing is Garrett Temple. If you'd asked me when we were doing our grades, who are the three, the Bulls' three most important players, I would have told you Temple because of how he locks up other teams, how Temple locks up other teams' best players and plays against other teams' best players and gives them that energy on the perimeter. And he's a good he, – he plays well with Zach Levine because he's more of a guy who stands and, you know, can, can hit an open three-point shot, doesn't overplay as a guard. So him, Thaddeus Young, and Levine. And so I think Temple being out has really hurt them a little bit as well because they don't have that, as you said, Mark. They, they, they're going to be a little lesser defensively, which makes Temple only that much more important. And, you know, the challenge Billy Donovan's going to face is sometimes their best lineup might be something like Levine, Temple, Williams, uh, and then they're going to have to figure out, is it Thad Young and, and Tice? Is, or, I mean, is it Vucevic and, and Tice or Vucevic and Thad Young? Is it, you know, how does Larry Markin fit in there? And, and, you know, how does Patrick Williams fit in? Do you, do you, do you play also Sato, Levine, and Sato. Temple? So there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot to figure out as to exactly what the chemistry of this group is going to be, and it's really tough to do that when you're playing the Suns, the Nets, the teams that are the best teams in the league right now. I am kind of weirdly falling in love with Sato. What are your, what are your thoughts on all that, Beto? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with everything. The one thing that I think that actually has worked instantly. With the the trade, I mean, Vooch's numbers have been good. Like, if you look at the box score, they've been good. But outside of him, is that, and also because I can't go an entire 40-minute podcast without praising him, is that I think that Patrick Williams' off-the-ball movement and aggression offensively has heightened significantly in the game since since the trade was made. So, like, I'm thinking of, like, those high post hands off that they're getting Williams off of these curls and he's kind of getting full steam ahead. And he's been a lot more aggressive in going to the basket. You saw a couple of monster throwdowns last night. One was on a pass from Thad young out of the post, but that I've, I've definitely noticed. And I feel like they've developed a pretty good rapport in a, in a two man game which has excited me like, to the moon on, on, you know, the potential. And because we've all talked about how we want sh- Williams to be a little bit more aggressive. And he hasn't just been relegated to sort of standing in the corner on offense. He's been moving a lot better with Vooch in the game. So Kevin O'Connor did from the ringer did a, just like a three minute breakdown on him the other day about how he thinks that he could be that sort of third star over time um, with Vooch and Levine. And he actually made a comp that was, Coach, I believe you made. They're different players, but he talked about the development course over time with Jalen Brown and how Jalen Brown was very mid-range heavy when he started, but an excellent two-way player. He's a little bit smaller than Williams, obviously. But he developed the three over time, and he had a very 
type of methodical shot and floater and how he see he could see that level of improvement from Williams from year one to two to three. So I just thought that's what stood out to me on the positive side since the trade um, that I'm excited to see kind of progress. So one thing that uh, Coach A said that I made me go to the stats that Vooch and Levine are two you know, top 40 players, which of course they made the all-star team, but I was just, does that actually add up stat wise and PER overrates guys towards the big man, but Vooch is 13th in the league in PER right now. Levine is 24th. I mean, there also is guys like Robert Williams who are ranked fourth right now, who, who nobody even knows who he is, plays for the Celtics. He's so, underrated, uh, Robert Williams, but he, not fourth, obviously. Right, and Clint Capella. He's protector. Clint Capella is 10th, and Gobert is, is 12th. And I, I love Gobert, but, you know, uh, anyway, they, it, it just, I'm just trying to underline that big men do get overrated here. But you know who's also in the top 25 for the Chicago Bulls and PER in the league? Any, you guys want to take a guess? Bad. That would be right. Thaddeus Young is 25th in the league in PER. Now that's, again, he gets boosted by being a big man, but that's impressive, right? I mean, Thad's had a hell of a year. He's had a hell of a year. He really has. Uh, All right, we're up against the the clock here, but I I, want to get one level of excitement. Maybe it's not even excitement, but maybe just for me. Give me a point guard that the Bulls can get in 60 seconds or less other than Lonzo Ball, who could make this thing look a whole lot better next year. Does anybody jump to mind? Because I just think that's obvious. You need somebody who is going – like, if you had Chris Paul running this thing right now, it'd look a lot different. Like, they, I think they'd be top – maybe top four in the East, right? All day, if you had somebody who could actually yeah. put this thing together. Absolutely. I agree. But you're right. I, I'd have to we, – we'd have to deep dive that you know, who could be available as a point guard in the off season. I mean, you know, especially where they're going to be at cap wise, what kind of player they can afford that would make that level of difference. But Lonzo ball certainly is probably the, the guy that they have at the top of their list right now. All right. It's homework. It's, it's straight. Homework. I, I, I don't know if we need to look outside Lonzo ball necessarily. Chris Paul is free agent, right? But he's not, he's not coming here. Um, I, 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 I just that type of like you mentioned, kind of pass first point guard, high IQ that can defend. Because I mean, clearly the gap from this team being good in the next couple of years, they got to get better defenders. And I know that we've talked to beating that to death on. Hey, is he, you know, off the court? Is he a leader? Like yada yada. But I, I don't know. I, I is that is that him that we're saying that, or is it just do we associate that? Maybe he's not a leader just because all the stuff his dad pulled. I I don't know. I he just seems like a really good fit um, for this for this group, and I, I'd be shocked if they didn't make a run at him again here okay. in the off season. Okay, fine. Lonzo Ball, it is. Let's roll, gentlemen. Go Lonzo. <laughs> so who's our college picks? We got to at least we got to at least throw our college picks out here. Oh, okay. Uh, for for final four and championship tonight. So let's at least let's at least give the prediction. I mean, I got I have the Zags winning the whole thing. By the way, we should salute to Coach A. Your pool, Beatles going to win it, which is kind of annoying. But no, they... I'm in I'm in second. I need some help. I need some help. So, so he he would need he he is in second place. He needs uh, Houston to win. If Houston beats 
Baylor and Grimes scores our pool as a player and bracket pool combined. And if Quentin Grimes scores 33 points, he's the winner because he and the guy who's in first place have everything else the same. They both have Gonzaga beating Baylor. So if Baylor loses to Houston, it really doesn't matter for Beto. It's going to be the same. He wins the pool, though, if if Grimes scores 33 points, which my guess is he will need two games to do that. I can't see him scoring 33 on Baylor. Um, I I love watching Houston play. That team is straight athletes. They are fun. I got Baylor winning them. I got. I'm the one person who I. So, did you have Gonzaga playing Baylor, Carmen, or did you have Gonzaga playing someone else? I had him playing Illinois, like every other idiot out there, and I. I didn't even like Illinois. I. I did not listen to myself. I'm like, you know what? They could have an off night scoring the basketball. Like who. Who's going to step up if Io goes weird Io, which is always possible, and just and Kofi, you know, can't muscle every bucket for him, and it happened. Well, he scored. He just couldn't stop anyone, Kofi. Oh, he was a liability on D. He, he made, was getting burned. He made Cam Crutwig look like I don't know Bill Walton, Kevin McHale in their prime. Coach A, you got Baylor winning the whole thing. I've had Baylor from the start. I think they're the best matchup against Gonzaga to beat them. I think uh, that it's going to be an epic college basketball championship game if we can get those two teams together. I think it's it's one of the better – it's definitely the best college championship game since that Villanova-North Carolina. Wow. That's a hell of a statement right there. Beto? Yeah, I'm likely going Gonzaga over Baylor. I wish I, I – I, my heart's rooting for Houston because of the, his pool, and then I'm also in, like, a bracket with 4,000 people that I have Gonzaga over Houston. I get 10th if that happens, so I'm rooting – for the Cougs, but I, I think probably for the college basketball, Gonzaga Baylor would be an awesome matchup. And but I might take the points with Houston plus five. That's what I'm going. With. So I'm going to get, and I'm going to give you one last thing. The greatest scenario in the history of the NBA right now would be the Bulls not making the playoffs in the lottery. They somehow win the lottery, get the first or second pick. Some idiot yep. takes Cade Cunningham instead of Jalen Suggs. The Bulls get Jalen Suggs, and the Bulls with that team now and Jalen Suggs are going to be one of the better teams in the NBA over the course of the next yeah. 12 to 15 years. All How right. about that? You just completely sold me and and I want them to lose every single game and 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 <laughs> you're um, not going to be pissed uh, if they don't uh, fall into the plan I'm, damn it. I'm not, look they got they got Brooklyn tomorrow just lose to the Nets and then go on the road and suck against Indiana, Toronto, Atlanta, Minnesota, Memphis. I mean that's a long that's five more games on the road toughest part of the schedule although those are a lot of winnable games in there. Um, they just need a Patrick Ewing lottery ball. Oh, Beautiful nice. setup. I... Tice is going to be nice. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Oh, my goodness. I've already been impressed for the few minutes he's been out yep. there. With the facial. Watch this right here. Oh, beautiful Tice. setup. I... Beautiful setup. I... Nice. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.